0: to Ableton. Oh, just a oh make you're guilty. Justin Madden's got the sit, One hand. Oh oh, 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 the post is broken. Matthew's in it. Oh, talk about a he-man. Dream rises to the top. He is an absolute legend of the game. This is your Football Life with Rex Hunt for Tobin Brothers Funerals. Celebrating lives. Oh, Matthew, g'day to you and g'day to you right around Australia and, in fact, the world And we've got a one on the end of the line here today. We've got a big fish. He is a legend of the game. When the history of the game is written, this man will take his rightful spot right at the very top of the tree. Uh, We've got a wonderful Australian game, folks, in the VFL and now the AFL. And thousands of men have played the game at this, the highest level. And some play and move uh, move on. Others have more of an impact. They make a lasting impression. Our guest today played 325 games for Sydney between 1999 and 2013. That puts him in elite company of just under 80 people who have played the game at 300 uh, times anyhow. But 2005 and 2012 premierships for Sydney put him in the elite. He's second on the club's all-time games played in the list behind the wonderful Adam Goods. He is Jude Bolton. He is on the line. And Jude, this is your football life. G'day to you.
1: Uh, thank you very much. Rex, very humbled by this. It's, yeah, unbelievable.
0: Are you really? As a young kid in shorts who loved the game and hoped one day that you'd make it at the highest level, do you look back and see, gee, I, I certainly made my mark?
1: Oh, I think uh, you certainly pinch yourself when you do do look back in the career. And, and when I when I look back, it's probably more pleased with the, I guess, the, the way the club's held in such high esteem now. And, and certainly when I turned up at uh, the Swans, it's... Uh, you know, they were a pretty fractured group and, and probably accepted a little bit of mediocrity at times. And, uh, you know, the the list that, uh, you know, both Paul Roos and um, John Longmire put together over my career and I played under Rodney Ead as well, it was just sort of to play in a really successful era for the club and that continues as well. So it's good to good to be able to step back into the club, hopefully in 10, 15 years' time and see that what probably the bones that, you know, part of us put in uh, in place back then. And Jude Bolton
0: joins us today for Tobin Brothers Celebrating Lives. Don't get nervous, Jude. You've got millions of years to go before the Tobins will measure you up for that uh, horrible day that we're all heading down. I spoke a couple of weeks ago to Plugger, a legend of the game, a legend of your footy club, and he spoke about where he's moved to Sydney but Sydney had some initial problems that you weren't uh, privy to. Uh, I know Ron Barassi came to me at 3RW in 1993 and said, I've got to leave 3 O. I've got to coach Sydney because of the national competition. Mm-hmm. Gee, they were the dark years when South Melbourne were moved up there. But now, Sydney, even this year, they've got a great chance of getting another flag.
1: Yeah, it's been an unbelievable turnaround. I mean, that was one of the... That period about 93, 94, and uh, that yes. was the time where they, where they lost... Uh, you Know 26 games in a row, and now you look at now, and they're, they're about to embark on their 14th final series from 16 years. So, uh, it's incredible turnaround, and, and uh, yeah, they've certainly got a, a group of men that, that really give their all each week. So, the, the, the Swan supporters should be really proud of them. Let's go back to Melbourne to
0: St. Bernard's College as a young kid who just thought, gee, I might like to have a go at this thing called Australian, <laughs> Australian footy, and then you went to the Colder Cannons. Who were some of the, your idols as a young boy that you looked up to in the AFL? And you think, gee, I reckon they go all right.
1: Yeah, I always had uh, Robert Harvey's um, jumper, on, uh, jumper number, and uh, had a, a picture on the wall of him. I just loved the way he went about it, just his ability to it's a gut run and, uh, and just have an influence. I was a St Kilda supporter as a as a kid, and um, yeah, just got the opportunity to obviously go to the Swans as, as a young kid. But uh, playing for the you know, Cannons and and even St Bernards, I can still remember. Uh, you know, Tim Watson coming down to interview uh, Matthew Lloyd when he was uh, year 12. And and we were trying to take marks in behind uh, the cameras as a, you know, year nine kid. So it was sort of always uh, bubbling away and a dream of mine to to play AFL.
0: Jude Bolton joins us folks. And it's a great thrill for me. He's given me so many hours pleasure at the microphone, but back in your day, it was just the end uh, of the time where you played footy in the winter and cricket in the summer. And, uh, According to my uh, research, uh, you made an under-16 side for the Big V at 16, so you had to make a decision. And uh, why did you go football-wise?
1: Yeah, I, I, I love my cricket. My brother played um, you know, district cricket for Melbourne University and also Carlton, and he actually played in the Carlton team with uh, Abdul Qadir and uh, Carl Hooper and those sort of guys. So yeah, played watched a lot of cricket as a kid, and, um, but I, I just felt I always wanted to get off the cricket field during summer to make sure I was doing my My running for my football, and I just love the uh, the combative nature of footy, and um, yeah, I think that's the way I really wanted to drive myself and go that way. But yeah, certainly came through with some um, yeah good cricketers at the time. I I played uh, in you know certainly in the under seventeen Victorian squad with uh, guys like Michael Klinger and those sort of players.
0: Yeah. It's fantastic. Uh, you drafted in the top 10 when you went to Harbourside with uh, Ryan Fitzgerald and Nick Fosdyke. And those <laughs> names I can remember vividly, but it just goes to show the turnover of players is unbelievable. And, uh, you know, you're one of 79 blokes who have played the game 300 or more times. I tell you what,
1: it's a tough world, the AFL world. Yeah, Rex, the, the churn rate's never been greater. It's. Uh, I mean, I, 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 I was sort of lucky enough to mentor a lot of guys along the way. And, one of the things that uh, one of the guys at the club mentioned was that I'd played with, I think, 119 or 118 players during my time, and that was the Goodness guys me. that that actually uh, played a senior game. So there's, you know, three or four times that uh, of guys who are uplist or, you know, uh, just rookie listed players and, and who don't ever get to debut. So it was a a long uh, a long period, but um, yeah, it's a massive churn rate. So you got to make, make hay while the sun shines. And
0: your consistency is magnificent, you know, you looked after your health with diet-wise, but your fitness was just never under any threat at all. Uh, you know, even nine games in your first year, just fighting your way, and then all of a sudden, a young Jude Bolton becomes a star by averaging 22.5 games for the remaining 14 years, mate. That is consistency with a capital C.
1: Yeah, thanks, Rex. I think I've applied myself on, I guess, the longevity and, yeah, a bit of resilience, and hopefully... Uh, tried to rub that off on a lot of the younger guys who came through is um, you know you've just got to try and dig in and fight through the, the, the season is a war of attrition and, and you see during these winter months that, that uh, you know the younger players really do start to battle and uh, but yeah I tried to suck it up and, and get out there each week and, and probably to my detriment at times it probably would have been beneficial to have a week's rest here and there but uh, yeah um, yeah I think that's one of the things I wanted to, to pride myself on. But you're a retired along player. Jude Bolton's our special
0: guest. What a thrill it is for me as a broadcaster to go and uh, sing, Hey Jude, you've done it again. <laughs> it's just fantastic. 325 games for the Harborside, but more importantly, a dual premiership player. Uh, Rombarassi went to Sydney, then Rocket took over. At Rodney E took you to Grand Final before you arrived in 96. And then the great Paul Ruse landed at Harborside. Just tell me your relationship with Rusey. And why you blokes were so inspired to do the very best for this great man?
1: Yeah, well, I think I, I still remember the turmoil of that 2002 season when you know Rodney obviously finished up, and uh, uh, the caretaker coach Paul Roos, took over, and um, you know there was that real wave of support from the playing group as well as the supporters that you know this was the man that we wanted to play for, and, and he just instilled a lot of confidence in in us as a group, and, and we had a nucleus nucleus of players you know Brett Kirk, Craig Bolton Ben Matthews and those type of players and uh, really wanted really wanted to dig in and uh, and make something happen and we were lucky enough to to you know play in a preliminary final in 2003 against uh, a rampaging Brisbane side and mm. got to see them play in the, win the grand final that year and uh, yeah we really set ourselves to make some inroads
0: just got uh, pipped out the Olympic stadium too and uh, gee it's a game of fractions Jude. you know you see Folks playing three or 400 games and they haven't uh, experienced that excitement on the last day of the season. Uh, it must be very, very special. Uh, tackling in my days, you did just because someone else had the ball. But now <laughs> it is a skill. And it was only Lenny Hayes that, uh, that put you back in second place as the, the best uh, tackler of all time. Was it something you really worked hard? Because everywhere I go in all walks of life, whether it be personal, business or sport, Practice makes perfect. Yeah,
1: it's something we we really valued as a team, and and I, I think uh, you know we we drove it re- really hard as a, as a group, and and I, I loved sort of backing, uh, I guess, to go against the, the opposition and, and know that you could have an impact on games without having the footy in your hands, and uh, yeah, I just I guess uh, we had a really good group and and good tackling coaches at that time, um, so yeah, I loved it. Jude Bolton is our special guest, and before
0: we take our first break, relays and. Uh you come back and we start to talk about the real stuff in 2005 with that premiership. Just a couple off the top of the uh, the head for you, uh, Jude. Your absolute favourite food?
1: My absolute favourite food? Um, oh, Mum's Osabuco, I reckon.
0: Oh, sounds all right. I'm getting a watery mouth now.
1: Uh, Jude,
0: my all-time favourite movie is?
1: My all-time favourite movie, probably Fight Club.
0: Fantastic. And uh, the best vacation
1: place that you've been to anywhere in the world? Uh, the best vacation anywhere in the world. I think uh, I still love uh, Cinque Terre is pretty amazing in uh, in northern Italy. I, I love that. And before we take our break,
0: to your mind, Jude Bolton, the greatest Australian rules footballer of all time is?
1: Uh, there's only one Tony Lockett.
0: Goodness gracious me. Right on cue, mate, without any uh, rehearsal, just the way you're doing it on the telly at the moment. You're doing it well. It's lovely to speak to you and we're going to take a break, real As uh, This is your football life. We're speaking to the great Jude Bolton and don't worry about it, he is great. We're on air for Tobin Brothers celebrating the footy life of Jude. Dream rises to the top. He is an absolute legend
1: of the game. You're listening to This Is Your Football Life with Rex Hunt for Tobin Brothers Funerals. Celebrating lives. Hey
0: Matthew, as I said earlier on, we've got one in the uh, trap here today. One of a select few who make a lasting impression that will be indelibly recorded in the history of the game forever. And now he's making his mark. On the electronic medium that covers the game so very, very well. He is Jude Bolton. He's a star. Uh, Let's go to 2005, my friend. And uh, goodness me, your shoulder was put under a bit of pressure and uh, you couldn't even put a seatbelt on or sleep on that side. But you end up playing in a premiership. Can you take us through it? And more importantly, what was going through your mind when you thought... Don't tell me I'm in trouble here.
1: <laughs> oh well, um, I think it was around eighteen or to 19, oh, <laughs> nineteen. I think yeah. Uh, Andrew Welsh cleaned me up at Eddie Head Stadium, and uh, yeah, sort of my my shoulder. had an A nice grade three AC um, uh, joint, so it sort of basically separated a little bit, and it was giving you a fair bit of grief. But uh, yeah, I was lucky enough to to have Nathan Gibbs, you know, put a local anaesthetic in prior to the game and, and at half-time for the rest of the year, and. Uh, yeah, it was uh, it was good to be involved in such a a, a momentous finish for the club to, to break the 72-year drought for, for the Swans was something really special. And I know I spoke to my mum later on that year, and she sort of said, "Geez, yeah. dude, you're not you're not doing you're not doing too much in the game." And I said, "Well, <laughs> mum, do you want me to sit next to you in the stand, in the stands?" And she uh, she quickly quietened up.
0: I think the great Vince Lombardi said, didn't he, or someone did anyhow, he? Oh, he said, uh, those on the field of battle, owe oh, no explanation to those outside the fence, and that's why there's millions <laughs> of people watching, mate, and when no, you get old just... like me and you go across and you don't even recognise your teammates, but you've still got those medallions, mate, and you don't have to bite them like the Olympics, because they are <laughs> for real, aren't they? Like Premiership, <laughs> they, are. Well, they are just fantastically. Uh, in your oh. time, the rivalry with the West Coast was just magnificent. Uh, Jude, not only in home and away's, but in finals, but in big games, and there was hardly a bee's breath between the lot of you. But goodness gracious me, they had a great side, West Coast, but so did Sydney.
1: Yeah, I mean the the talent of the the West Coast midfield was just phenomenal, and I, I guess when you've got someone like Dean Cox flicking it anywhere, and then the run and spread of those uh, talented midfielders, it was it was phenomenal to take them on, and and we felt we had uh, you know a really even group across the across the park we used to call them the you know the ferraris and we were the cortinas or whatever but uh, you know it was just a really a battle between you know two amazing sides that, that wouldn't give an inch and you know that to to have such a run of you know, results under 10 points was just unbelievable
0: yeah now
1: Jude, I, I i just need to
0: get into your, your head at the moment at the end of 2007 you know you'd played some pretty good football but the club confirmed with you that you're on the trade table what was your yeah. initial reaction, and and did you consider a fresh start?
1: Yeah, you know, I, I I guess we um, we were always very open with the coaching staff, and and that was part of the culture, and that's why it stood up is the open and honest feedback that you get during you, during during this season, and also at the end of the season. And We sat as a leadership group with the coaching staff at the end of uh, uh, two thousand seven, and um, and sort of said, well, we need to make changes to to get back towards the top because we were falling behind and uh you know i looked around the group in the leadership group and i realized that i'm a 27 year old i probably still got currency on the market and i knew i was in the gun and uh too right yeah um you know in in the end it it turned out that it was sean dempster and adam schneider went to st kilda uh the club regenerated but it it made me i guess reevaluate where i was at i realized how big an industry it is it's a a big business footy um but you know i reset myself and tried to you know, have some of my better years after that after that moment. I called you on
0: 3RW many times, the modern-day Francis Burke. You're crazy, but uh, <laughs> other people call it courage. Uh, you're often concussed and at times, you know, go back uh, on the ground, resulting in, in wearing a helmet. Just a little bit of a, a question for you. You reckon, like a few players, you were too courageous for your own good?
1: Um, I think at times. I think there was particularly one moment against Brisbane we... Uh, I got concussed in the first minute or two of the game, and uh, and yeah, actually, sort of came back on later on in the game, and it didn't take too much to, to you know, get knocked out again. To be honest, so to have two in one game was uh, was certainly not a good uh, good look, and uh, and I, I guess I did wear it as a badge of honour while I was playing, but then I look mm. back now and I, I didn't miss a game from that, and I probably wasn't right for two or three weeks, Rex. So it's sort of yeah, one of those things. I love the the fact that there's young players now, and certainly the. The senior players at clubs are taking the lead on it and, and sitting out if they, if they don't feel right. 2005,
0: Jude Bolton, the separation uh, from your shoulder joint. Uh, round 19, 2012. Goodness gracious me, a PCL in the knee goes. And you're faced with the potential of missing the upcoming final series for this real tilt in 2012. Uh, back in round 23, and the rest is history. But you worked very, very hard to make sure that your form and your fitness was right
1: yeah, I think as a as a player, you sense what the group is is potentially going to achieve that year or at least uh build towards and uh and i didn 't want to miss a piece of it and, uh yeah, went backwards on, on Eddie Had against Carlton and uh he yeah, had a partially torn a c l and p c l and um, mm. I remember going into this having the the scans and uh and the doctor Nathan Gibbs once again came in and uh and i thought it was all gone it was it, hyper and he just sort of said there's a chance it's hanging on by a thread Gee. so uh, we we did a bit of rehab and uh, I think I missed 3 weeks which is the most uh, most games I missed in a in a row to be honest in my career and now you're retired you look back and you just see
0: you you, you retired a long time and uh, you know it's a it's a corny old thing but my goodness gracious me when you're as old as I am you retired for a long long time dude <laughs> uh, at 33 in 2013 th- 13 you gave it away, were you kaput, were you yibbity-yibbita, or was there a lure to continue on with such a wonderful performing team at the height of their uh, form?
1: Oh, look, I, you know, you sit back and you think, oh, could I have got another year out or done another uh, pre-season or whatever, but I, I felt I'd, I'd given enough and uh, my body was certainly starting to deteriorate a fair bit and I've got a bit of a degenerative right knee and I don't know, I, I, I could see the... The, you know the young players starting to make a, make inroads on their career, and and that's the way the footy life cycle is. You know, you you, you give as much as you can while you're playing, and then uh, you move on and, and let one of the young guys take over as well. So uh, I was I was pretty comfortable with finishing up then.
0: But uh, like old blokes, you can't help yourself. You know, you see a kid <laughs> kicking a footy in the park or in the street, or someone bowling a cricket ball with a rubby spin, and uh, you can't help yourself. You idiot, as Sam Newman would say. <laughs> You're going to line up for the Big V in the TradingPost.com Legends game, mate. That's fantastic, but goodness gracious me, do you know what you're letting yourself in for? Because as you oh. know better than I, Jude, there's some blokes that don't understand the word social game. No, exactly right. <laughs> Particularly some, if you play some,
1: against Dermot Brereton. <laughs> this is what some of them build all their year towards, exactly. It's, uh, I mean, I'm actually really looking forward to it. It's uh, it's going to be great to catch up with all the guys, but what a fantastic thing to... Uh, you know, obviously, raise awareness about prostate cancer, and yeah. uh, you know, the EJ Witten Foundation is just a sensational organisation. And a uh, little known fact is, I actually played in the first EJ Witten game back uh, 20, 21 years ago. At, uh, Whitten Oval, uh, yeah. myself and Luke Power actually topped up for some of the old blokes to give them a bit of a spell, and uh, yeah, ran on but, as a 15-year-old. So,
0: what what careers you and Luke had with all those premierships? <laughs> uh, before we let you go, uh, player agent now. Do you think your immense and fantastic career complements the fact that young people can really see where you're coming from when you're representing them?
1: Yeah, well, that's what, that, that was one of the reasons for getting into the management business, but I've actually recently transitioned out of the, the, the management space purely because the conflict of interest was something that really wrestled with me as a, as a commentator, so yes. I've transitioned out of that and I, I feel that I can still mentor the players and be a sounding board for those guys, but it was such a... A good thing to do post-football, uh, you know, I'd recommend it to any of the people to get involved in. It was fantastic to be a yeah. part of and, and step into other club environments and uh, and understand the CBA from inside out. So uh, it's certainly certainly something that I, I've enjoyed, but uh, had to step away from as a, as a commentator and, and to be impartial as well.
0: As an old microphone man to a young microphone man, you seem to be just a natural at the microphone and... Uh, is this just, uh, if you can't play, is this just keeping you involved in the game? You seem really excited about it and it comes across into our living room. It, it just seems to show that you really love the game and you're liking where you are in this life at the moment.
1: Yeah, that, that sums it up. I love I still love the game as much as I did as a 14, 15 year old kid and I, I, you know, part of you does die when you walk off the field for the last time as a, as a player but I feel like we've got the next best thing and to sit down on the boundary line or up in the, in the uh, commentator's box and, uh, and see this great game go. And I think we're seeing one of the best uh, eras of football. So, um, you know, I really enjoy being a part of it, Rex.
0: What a thrill it is for me as a broadcaster and a football lover to find a little bit more about what makes this champion tick. And as you know, folks, mm-hmm. I don't use the word champion lightly. And this man will be indelibly recorded in the history of the game forever.
1: And Jude Bolton... This has been Your Football Life. Uh, it's been an absolute pleasure, Rex, and thank you very much. I feel very humbled, uh, you know, to be on the phone with you and, uh, and going through that, mate. So uh, really appreciate it.
0: We're here for Tobin Brothers Funerals, and a great performer has presence on stage. They work hard at engaging audiences, folks. Even after the curtain falls, they leave a lasting impression, and these qualities make them stand out from the rest. Tobin Brothers Funerals is a perfect example. After more than 80 years, they continue to shine. Tobin Brothers genuinely care for families providing professional guidance and expertise and strive to always be creative. These distinguishing qualities make Tobin Brothers Funerals the true performers they are. I'm proud to be associated with Tobin Brothers promoting our great Australian game and its characters. Find out more at tobinbrothers.com.au if you'd like to hear the extended version of this interview, check out facebook.com forward slash Tobin Brothers Funerals or follow us on Twitter at RexFootyLife.